You are listening to episode 151 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we try to find out if these games are scarier than their price tags in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge Triple Pack of Fear. <laughs> I, I will have everyone know that was not on the notes on there. I did not know triple pack of fear was coming up a little, little improv, a little improv for sure. Um, so yeah, triple pack of fear this week, we played, uh, three horror games, all with exorbitant price tags, uh, that I picked up a very long time ago. So I picked up Kuon, which many will know is like the highest price game on the console of PlayStation two. Uh, we got some haunting ground and we have some obscure as well so we'll get started on that in a little bit but first find us on the gamedeflators.com find us on social media at the game deflators and uh that would be on what facebook and instagram and then at game deflators on twitter also they don't like us, the they don't I like feel the. like we've been letting twitter off easy lately yeah we should probably uh um, we gotta start calling them out the yeah. haters yeah the haters twitter is the haters <laughs> the haters it goes two ways, right? Uh, and then also find us on all those great podcast applications like the one you were listening to now. And of course, subscribe. So we're recording this episode literally a day after we recorded 150. And somehow we have more pickups to talk about, I feel, than we did yesterday when we recorded. Did we? Let me see. I've got it right here in front of me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about Sable in Innistrad, and today I'm talking about two other things that, I mean, I'm kind of cheating a little bit. I have had these things, but this is my first time taking them out of the garage and really using them. Uh, I had a D&D book pickup last week, technically yesterday uh, when we recorded. Uh, today, I actually have a video game pickup, though, that I can talk about. So, and I had honest, John. Lay it on us. Yeah. So uh, random Facebook group uh, that I was on or that I'm part of. Somebody posted that Ease 8 had a restock via NIS and it was on Nintendo Switch. And so I'm like, oh, cool. It was posted 30 minutes ago. Let me check it out. Completely sold out. I already have a copy of Ease 8 on Nintendo Switch. So I was just kind of more so, hey, if I could pick it up brand new and then flip it or something, let me do that. Uh, however, intuition kicked in and I was like, you know, let me check if they have a PS4 restock, because that's a version I really want to play anyways, not the Switch version. Lucky me, they had uh, plenty of stock of the PS4 version of that game, so nabbed myself a copy for 40 bucks. Anybody that doesn't know, that game has been hovering in like the 150, 120 territory for a long time now, and uh, to pick that up for $40 brand new is insane. Like, I'm super stoked about that. Uh, Thanks so that for the heads up, John. Oh, it's probably gone now. By the time this episode comes out, it's sold out. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was my big pickup. Uh, I did play a little bit of God of War last night. Um, you know, as you know, I'll be out of town here for the next four days. So when this recording comes out, I'll be back in town. Uh, but I did play some God of War last night. Didn't get very far. Just kind of moved up to the next space in uh, or next area. Um, God, I'm trying to think of a description on it. It's a, a big cave where you have this like giant, like, uh, you know, the hook in the grab machines. And I have to move this giant ass, like piece of like lumber or something in the way. And then to get the hook around it. So it shoots it up high into the, like 
into his vault in the ceiling. And I was like, how the hell do I do this? Like I'm half asleep, couldn't figure it out. Ended up like as I was eyes closing while trying to play, figured, oh, if I kind of pause the um, the gear that like drops everything down, I could just hop on top of it and then release my axe and then shoot up to the top. So I got to the next area. I was half asleep. Kratos was running in circles or into walls. And I was like, I got to stop. So I saved it and moved on. Dude, I swear. like Kratos is tired. I don't get what it is, man. Like sitting back on any video game, I'll just start knocking out and falling asleep in the middle of play. Yeah, dude, I could do that with any any TV show and my awesome comfy couch. It's got to be like once you hit past 30. That's got to be what it is. Dude, I don't know. I've always been able to like crash in a party on a couch anywhere. I have not. Like that's never been my thing. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently it is now. But uh, yeah, so Kratos, like I said, was going in circles. He was running into walls and it's just. I know, have no idea what part you're talking about with that. Like I forget the name of it. I mean, some it's people cool. who. Some I'll figure people. it out. I'll definitely replay probably that whole series again one day. But I did like I played all the I played the first three leading up to the fourth one coming or the not the fourth one, but like yeah. the reboot one coming out. And then mm-hmm. we all know what happened with that. Oh, you mean adolescent instead of a boy? No, I just never finished it. That's what happened. You never finished God of War? No, of course not. It's probably my favorite game ever, though. I just haven't finished it, so it's hard to say. How far did you get? Dude, farther than you're at now. So I'll I'll let you be disappointed in me once the time comes. Everybody, be prepared. Be Disappointment prepared. is inbound. Yes, scar it up. Yeah, scar it up for sure. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm already disappointed because I thought that you had, like, beat it and everything else. Now I'm finding out that I'm going to end up I don't know. Passing. No, dude. Danny beat the hell out of this game, though. Like he he did like all the crazy Valkyrie fights and everything. Oh, I'll do all the Valkyrie fights and such as many as I can. But um, yeah, I don't know. uh, God, man, I kind of want to complete it now. Oh, like full complete. Full complete. I thought of another pickup. What what was your other pickup? Well, okay. well, uh, moving on to you. Pickups. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the one that I just thought about uh tiny story time i went to uh i went online and i ordered uh berserk volume one the big black leather bound crazy uh edition like the the manga like full big black compendium type of deal yeah yeah it looks oh i think it's downstairs right now or i'd show you i'll have to see Uh, it when i go to your house yeah and like the pages are like nice and big and the illustrations are like super good. Like I've been reading the hell out of Berserk and I love it. So I was determined to buy these and I ordered it before he passed away Mm -hmm. and it's just been months and like my shipment just never showed up and it was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, God, I can't believe I waited because it said it would be like two months to ship. And I was like, there's the shipping apocalypse right now. And there's all these shortages. And he just died. Like, maybe there's an issue. You know, I'll I don't need it right now. I'm already way further ahead. It's not like I'm reading to catch up. They're only up to volume eight, which is only like, I don't know. I'm way past that part anyways. Yeah. So it's just like for collecting them. Yeah. Um, 
and I ca- every time I go to like a bookstore or something, I always look and never see it, never see it. Always just like volume eight, sometimes a few other volumes or whatever. Boom, found it today. Nice, nice. So I picked that up. Love it. Nice. That's good stuff. Uh, other things, I am using my Scarlet 2i2. I think it's a preamp or something like that. And I'm using, I got these HyperX Cloud Alpha headphones that are supposed to be pretty good. They're super, they're comfy, they're really gushy. You can pull the mic out. They are corded because I I was trying. I told you guys about the Gundam mouse, sick Gundam mouse that I got here. John can see it. Actually, I'm finally seeing this for the first time. Ooh, like I knew you got it, but I hadn't seen it yet. And my dope Gundam mouse pad. But it's a shame, people, because Ryan does not have a Gundam keyboard. Well, they do have a Gundam keyboard, but it's one of those tiny ones. And I have a laptop. I don't really need a keyboard to go with my laptop. Hey, with three monitors, you need a keyboard. I mean, I've got a full keyboard on my laptop, like number pad and everything. Oh, and okay. it, I, I find my laptop fairly comfortable for as often as I really need to use it for stuff. Yeah. You know, um, I wanted these Gundam headphones, but oh, they, that's right. But they weren't compatible. You said with Xbox they don't or work with the Xbox and I got the Xbox and I need headphones to work with the Xbox. Do those headphones work with the Xbox? These are wired. They work with everything. So then you should and they buy, were like half the price. You should still buy the Gundam ones specifically for Game Deflators recordings. No, I'm not going to do that. They were like they were more expensive. I just want one pair of good headphones. Mm. These okay. were like I think these were like 60 bucks or something. Gotcha. They were like yeah. a great deal. I just still use my PlayStation headphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, right now I'm using a corded because I prefer a cord, you know, when we're doing our audio and stuff over Bluetooth. But uh, yeah, I still use my PlayStation 4 headset. I think it's a gold headset specifically for online gaming. Actually, I think it's a PlayStation 3 headset. I don't remember, but it works. So why go to anything different? Yeah. Uh, any other pickups? Um, it was um, birthday season for me recently. I got we talked yesterday about the Innistrad Midnight Hunt stuff. And uh, I've been messing around with that commander deck that you got me a little bit. And that's pretty cool. Um, well, so the overall theme on that is like witches and druids and stuff, right? It's like life and death mechanics, nice. like okay. losing life, gaining life, stuff like that. And there's like uh, right now, like I said, I've got a three way battle between all my commander <laughs> decks going on downstairs, just kind of messing around with them. And like, I've got this, artifact down that every time you would gain life you gain twice as much life i have a vampire guy that like when you gain life opponents lose that much life i've got a guy that whenever you gain life he gets that many life counters added to him and i've got uh the main girl the commander who like one tap add however many uh, plus one counters for however much life you gain this turn. Yeah. So it's like, I just did like gain 10 life, did 10 damage to everything, put plus 10 on an indestructible creature last turn. Like, I think that guy's going to win. <laughs> I uh, I think you need to play some magic with me in person so you're not 
stuck playing three commander decks against each other at the same time because it's a downward spiral to four commander decks and then making <laughs> your own pods. So probably I, I do. Yeah, I'll do my own drafts. I'll draft yeah. against myself four times. Yeah, Ryan. All right, let's see what Ryan had this time. <laughs> what is, <laughs> how am I going to do this? What are, What is the other guy drafting? <laughs> I think he's going for white. Yeah, I think I'm going to I'll probably end up buying a commander deck here um, from do you not like, have any. I have homebrew ones that I've made over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I want to buy one of the like pre-made ones. I think they're pretty cool. And, uh, you know, if it's just for casual play, I think it's fine. Are you going to buy like a Spency one or are you going to buy like a new one? One of the new ones. Because they yeah, have like I'm... old ones that are like hundreds of dollars. Oh, oh yeah, God. it's stupid. Like, I kind of wish I would have bought them back then because I had access to them. Well, don't we all? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who, who knew magic was going to go the way it did? Um, Everybody. Well, all Everyone. the cool people, all the, all cool the people. Dogecoin people. <laughs> yeah, where's that now? Uh, but I'm still obviously selling stuff. So I'm hoping here in the next several weeks um, or month, I have enough for my first Badlands or Taiga. So I'm like super, super close to getting those. I got to get those fetch lands you were talking about. Definitely get those um, before they go back up. Now's a good but, time to pick them up. Oh, I did get a super cool uh, thing that I really wanted. I got a thousand sunny model kit uh, for those in the know. The thousand sunny is uh, the ship from one piece. The second ship. Rest oh, that's pretty cool. Going Mary. So you're going to build that out. Yeah, it's going to be sick. I mean, it's going to be like a little model ship, which is like a classic thing, but like a dope one piece model. And I actually at um, Athoria, they have another one piece ship model but it's teaches and it's just like you don't know te- teaches blackbeard uh it's just like a big wooden raft with a mast coming out of the middle hmm. like it's not cool looking like it's it's not a model like of all the things to buy why would it be that yeah they also sell all like the chibi off-brand gundam samurai model kits hmm yeah, I've been real into Gunpla lately. I'm pretty sure I've talked about that on here. Yeah, I mean, you talked about a while back that you're building. Oh, and I posted and it in my pictures on Instagram. Duh. Yeah, you did. Because I'm sure everybody listening follows me on Instagram. All of this occurred after you posted the giant Gundam from Japan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ryan was like, giant Gundam. I must replicate this. Well, I did Gundam scale. models when I was a kid and stuff. I actually need to go back and buy like my first one, I think was Death Scythe Custom and then Heavy Arms. I had a bunch as a kid, but I I, I threw my whole childhood away or donated it or sold it at some garage sale for pennies on the dollar. I'm sure. Hey, people like you are the people I love. (laughs) Selling all our game collections at a penny. Um, Okay, well. Uh, jumping into our general topic here. So we're going to be talking some horror games. Well, um, you, uh, well, I guess you played God of War. Have I played anything since yesterday? I don't know. Have you? Uh, uh, no. No. Okay. So on to our topic. Uh, <laughs> so horror games. Uh, I know you oh, play horror movies. I've been watching synopses of horror movies. So uh, anybody who is a YouTube junkie out there, uh, big shout outs to Found Flicks. Been watching Emmy. He doesn't need me to shout him out. I'm a little guy, but he's cool and his videos are great. He basically just tells you the plots of movies 
pretty much all horror movies. I've never been huge into horror. A, when I was a kid, I was really scared of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now that I'm older, I guess I find them mostly to be stupid. So not really worth the watch usually. So I kind of never really got into being big into horror movies, but I've watched some now that I like, like I like the conjuring series. I think those are pretty good. It's something that keeps you guessing is good. I just watched, um, what was that one? Come true was good. I may have even mentioned that one. I don't think Um, you mentioned that one. Well, there's, there's a whole bunch. I've been watching that basically all the last week. And yeah. kind of getting ready for spooky season. I mean, we've already had all our Halloween decorations up inside the house. Oh, we started today. Month. Yeah, we started today. <laughs> We're going to start doing yeah. outdoor decorations when we get back. But it's uh, it's definitely that time of the year. And we're definitely getting excited for that. So we thought we would bring all the spookiness. And why why wait for the really juicy horror games until the end of the month? Why We thought... Let's just get all those king size candy bars into one bag at the beginning of the month. We'll talk about all those and then we'll find other horror games to talk about later. But we want to talk about what what's expensive. What's what's at the top of collector tier? What's the uh, what is it? Holy Grail for fear. But, but before we get into that, before we get into that and people can be so disappointed, they're going to skip right over this. I want to know horror games that you've played recently that you enjoyed because i know you've got resident village. Evil village okay you did you play you played another resident evil before that right then you yeah, play i played seven? resident evil four right before that and then three i think before that because they did the re-release. no i never played three you never played the new three no i've never played the old three i never played the new three i never why? played the huh why so <laughs> i stopped playing two uh why did I stop playing two? Stop playing two because like it toned down the difficulty on me and I was pissed and proud. And I was like, no, I'm just going to go back and replay normal from the last normal save up to where the easy new save was. And I just never went back and did that. Obviously. Gotcha. Obviously I was never going to do that, but dude, Mr. X scared the hell out of me. Like it was fear. It was fear city. I couldn't get to like gaming him mode. Like it was just those boom, 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 big stomps. Yeah, he was killing me. And then I was like, I've also never played Covenant for that same reason, or not Covenant, um, Alien Isolation. Oh, dude, Alien Isolation was pretty decent. Like I'm, I'm terrified of like that one indestructible come after you, kill you monster. So it's, that's what Nemesis was in the original. But now that I've seen so many, like, oh, um. So many people talk about the remake and it's totally different. Like yeah. they really edited kind of how it was and, and people were kind of disappointed by it. Uh, I know it had that interesting um, asymmetrical online game that it like launched with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that wasn't really very popular and it was difficult to get into servers and it just, I don't know. That whole package just didn't seem like something that I was on the edge of my seat to play. I think because I didn't have the affinity for the original and it wasn't coasting on like being the new thing. Like I haven't played either of the Resident Evil ones. 
the original or the remake. But those are, I mean, the remake on GameCube is supposed to be absolutely awesome. Well, I've got um, the HD, like, I guess it would technically be like remasters. I don't know of uh, one. And I think two on uh, PlayStation four. Mm-hmm. So it was basically like a re-release of a GameCube version, okay, I think yeah. on the PS4. Yeah. Uh, so, so I never played yeah. that one. Huh? And then when two was coming out, it was just like, Oh dude, I haven't played a resident evil in a minute. Like I'm excited for this. It looks good. Everybody's super excited for it. And then I kind of got my fill on that and I just wasn't really jazzed for the third one. Like I was jazzed for the other one. Yeah, I get you. I think for me, the most recent games I played, obviously Blair, Witch was one of them. And uh, I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, Inside and Limbo is technically a horror game and there's a few horror based elements, but not as scary as you would, you know, assume with it being given the horror genre. Uh, and then I would say uh, Little Nightmares 1 would be the other one um, that I had played that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I did play Alien Isolation, and while it was scary at first, it kind of started toning down in terms of the overall scariness. Once you got used to like being able to track the alien and where it was at and you know just kind of going based off that, it wasn't a problem. Um, I would say I was honestly probably more scared of areas and Little Nightmares than I was on Alien Isolation, mm-hmm. that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm not a huge horror junkie. I don't really like, <clears throat> you know, the blood and gore and stuff. Like I cringe at a lot of that yeah. stuff. I'm more of like the psychological horror and like, and I'm trying to think of some of the John's wall in. So the new podcast studio at John's house is downstairs in like a library room full of giraffes, as opposed to where all the video games are in a false attempt to keep my eyes from wandering constantly during podcasts. Now I'm just reading the spines of the same Stephen King books over and over again. So he has like all kinds of spooky books going on in there. Yeah. But you know, Stephen King is not all like the dark tower series. I wouldn't consider to be horror. I consider that as more like suspense and adventure. Uh, I think when you think scary, I have some of those comics. Oh yeah. I've, I've seen those. I, I wish I bought them a long time ago. Um, but yeah, like it would be scary, of course. And then you have like Cujo is supposed to be scary, uh, the shining books like that. But when you start looking at some of the other stories that he's written, not like the dome, I don't think the dome is really have like, you read the tall novel. grass. No, that's or was that one. just a Netflix thing? I think it's just a Netflix thing, but it may be a book. I'm not sure. It was good. Oh, really? I, yeah, I don't know. I just that one had children of the corn vibes when I was, uh, seeing a preview. I was like, is this. A new totally porn movie. Yeah, but it's different. Uh, yeah, actually, I was considering watching that one, but that's the type of stuff I'll watch. Like, I'm not Have big you seen into Trick or Treat. No. Have you seen Candyman, the new one? No, I want to see that. And that's that's horror. Let's keep but... asking each other stuff that we haven't done. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, OK, yeah. Uh, any other horror games that I've played lately? I think that my most recent other horror game that I can remember playing that I really liked uh splatterhouse yeah that was good that was, I like a, that was an awesome old game to play i i really wish we could go back and play dude some uh, of i mean my we can favorite, some of my favorite games that we've played on the podcast have been like old weird horror games like splatterhouse was great i love monster in my pocket was great yeah that was fun like Hold on. That, that's more like indian in the cupboard than it is horror i would there imagine there are monsters Sure, we'll go with that. It's called Monster in My Pocket. It's right, Dracula. We'll, Wolfman. we'll go and yeah, and Frankenstein. Frankenstein. 
Yeah. I I think that uh I love the Halloween aesthetic like more so than horror as an aesthetic. I like Halloween like I like the Mario Land levels where you got like the little Jason mask guys and it's all like you're in a spooky haunted house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I love the cheesy cartoon like I love all of the shows giving you holiday episodes and I love the Bob's burgers every year. They do like a Halloween episode and they used to do it with South Park. Like that's all like, that's all the shit I get into is like, yeah, uh, the, the media spirit of the holiday that they sold me hard on as a child. And I completely bought into the great pumpkin with Charlie oh, yeah. Brown. Yeah. Oh yeah. All, all the golden stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, let's, kind of change gears here let's jump into our inflation deflation so this week as we had said we're looking at three games kuon obscure and haunting ground i do own all of these i can tell the little story behind all of them and when i got them uh kuon kuon specifically uh was when i was working at the game shop it was probably at the time going for like 25 30 bucks looks super odd it was a horror game i was picking up horror games at that point bought that one actually i had trade uh, so there's a point in time where uh, the manager I was working with, we had an agreement that, you know, hey, while we can't pay you, you know, above what you're making, he was like, if you want, he's like, I can give you store credit on stuff kind of on the side. I'm like, all right, cool. So I kind of just went ahead and, and worked for a little. Hey, store I know I there. can't uh, pay you legally, but if you want to do like a little embezzling on the side, I could hook <laughs> you up. I wouldn't consider it embezzling more so in trade. And it was me willing to do it. So uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I would I would clean DVDs and such and uh, organize in the back and do little things like projects that I wanted to do in the shop because it's a very small, you know, regional type of shop. So can I get credit for organizing your magic cards? No, but I was already considering uh, that was you volunteering, but I was already considering uh, getting you some extras anyways. Um, so, yeah, that that was that. So it was like 25 bucks in store credit. And that was. God, probably eight years ago, I think is when I picked up for like $25. Uh, The other one, Obscure, I picked that one up at a thrift store for about three bucks. Uh, That one was actually, yeah, so Obscure I picked up along with Resident Evil Dead Aim and a couple other titles. I don't remember offhand. Like if I looked at the picture, obviously I would see what else I picked up. But I know I left that thrift store purchasing probably about five or six games under 20 bucks. And this was one of them. And then uh, the last one, Haunting Ground, was another one that uh, I actually bought this one outright from the store I worked at. It was going for about 30 or 40 at the time. And I knew it was it was rare at that time, um, but it wasn't a title that had hit the prices it's hit now, obviously. So I picked that one up for like, well, it was less than 40 bucks because I had a, a in-store discount as an employee of 30%. So I think I picked it up for like 28 and some tax, which wasn't bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all three of those. The only other one that's not on here and in terms of like big titles or horror games that are super expensive would be uh, rule of Rose, which I've talked about numerous times in, uh, picking that one up for like two fifty from a flea market, which that was, uh, probably my favorite, favorite pickup, hundred percent favorite pickup because the other games here, like obscure haunting ground and Kuon they weren't on my mind as like, Oh, these games are super pricey. Like that's, that was, that never crossed my mind that that's, you know, 
um, that wasn't a reason, right, that I was keeping an eye out for him. Rule of Rose specifically, that game was up there in price already. So the second I saw it, it was like that freak out moment, like, oh, shit, this game is like three hundred dollars and I'm buying it for two dollars. So it was just that whole that rush that you get from picking up a cheap game. Uh, v is not so much. Um, but yeah, Dude, digging all into- three of these games were released within six months of each other. That's insane. What about Rule of Rose? And none of them around Halloween. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, you got May, April, and uh, December on here after Halloween. Wow. Well, at least these are the U.S. release dates. I think yeah. one of these released in Europe around October, but I don't know that they do a lot of Halloween there. Yeah, I- I'm not sure. Rule of Rose was 06. 06, yeah. yeah so really. same, about the same time frame, right? No, these are 05 and five okay well digging into the first one here is kuon uh, this one was developed by from software published by age tech and it was released in december of 2004 it is a survival horror game with reception in the five to six range um so i this was the first one we played and i gotta say man it was a little clunky the controls on this game felt very it's slow got that ps2 jank I mean, the other games didn't have too much PS2 jank. This one definitely did. No, yeah, think- that's what I'm saying this is that this is that old PS2 jank kind of game where it's like you definitely you definitely have controls that do things, but I mean, as far as like how you're interacting, like you've got just these like really canned animation attacks, and like you're not comboing, you're not doing any deep combat or anything. You just kind of Hit a guy, try not to get hit. Hit a guy, try not to get hit. There's not dodge rolling and stuff like that. You do have like a fire spell that you get like well, you get talisman papers for and probably yeah. some other powers as you go. Yeah, but- so the little bit that we played, you're pretty much in this manner that uh, has been overtaken and you're trying to see what the hell's going on. And there's dead bodies and gore everywhere. And I forget the name of the enemies that they call out, but you have these enemies that are actively uh, coming at you at random like any horror game. Um, but to Ryan's point, yes, you do have like these these slips essentially um, or cards that you can kind of collect as you're going along that give you certain like limited abilities. So X amount of fire throws, or we had actually picked up that dog, which allowed for two summons of a dog. Um, And then in addition to the, um, the dagger that we were carrying around. So, I mean, overall uh, we played enough to kind of get a good feel of this game enough that I would say, despite being clunky, I felt that the game itself wasn't too bad. It was very much story driven. The graphics were not bad at all. The music actually set us up for uh, some of those spooky type of feelings. And um, I think the, while the puzzle elements were a little lacking, they were enough to kind of get me interested to try and find the other pieces to open up various doors and such. Uh, the cool thing, when you look at the actual like background and development of this, they purposely put it during this time period in Japan's history because there's a lot of folklore and things that are surrounding that era, uh, which is pretty interesting that they went that route. So I honestly, overall, like I thought it was pretty cool despite the clunkiness in what we had played. Like this is something I think that I would most likely pick back up at some point in time as like a, a, what would you call it? A new games resolution. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really have that big of an impact on me. I think it looked really good. Um, I mean, the cutscenes were nice at the beginning from what we saw, like creepy too. 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely has that kind of atmosphere. But I feel like this is one of those games that's definitely, I mean, especially since it's like the most expensive game, this is not worth it, I don't well, think. No, I mean, it obviously, obviously, it's not worth that high price. I just mean it's not worth like, it. it it's not a great game. I just really don't think that like, what we saw of it is enough to try to push me back. I think that this is definitely a game that like most people probably overlooked this when, when this came out and then all of a sudden it was just like, Oh my God, there are no copies of this by them all. Like a hundred percent. Like, I don't think there was people like scrambling to get this and it was just like, Oh, you can't get your hands on it. Cause it's this great title. I think this is for the most part, I think people mess around with it. And then I, I would really be interested to know how many big time collectors actually buy this and play this all the way through. I just can't I mean, imagine that people really do. There's quite a few collectors that actually pick up a lot of these games at these high prices and actively play them, whether or not it's a good game. I mean, it's obviously debatable. I mean, you're looking at five to six reception in the grand scheme of things on here. Uh, but, you know, I think, yeah, it's probably in that six to seven range is, you know, where I would put it. Is it a game that's worth seven hundred and ninety four dollars and seventy five cents? Probably not unless you're a diehard PS2 fan and have to have every PS2 game or specifically every horror game on the console and you're dying to play this title. I think there's other means to be able to play it uh, cheaper uh, emulators, (laughs) most likely. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's still a pretty interesting title. And it it's not on any other consoles that I'm aware of other than potentially emulating it. And this is a game that they're likely never going to reprint. Yeah, like, they're never going. I cannot see them ever reprinting this game. It's kind of like some of those old Saturn RPGs and stuff that are likely never going to get reprints. This is probably in the same vein as that. Like, who's going to why would they reprint Kuon? Like no, and no, no it, it's probably not worth remastering or anything like that. Like, no, if you really want to get your hands on and play this game, you're just kind of, yeah, you basically have to emulate it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're willing to shell out that much money. Uh, so brass tax on this one, complete in box, you're looking at 794 75. That is a peak and it is trending up. Uh, yay me for picking this up years ago. Uh, a loose copy of that is going to run you 495 98 peaked at 495 98. Uh, well now, and, um, it is also trending up. So of course we're going to be in the, you know, realm of inflated on this one. I mean, it's no Mario 64. No, no, it's no complete It's not going to cost you a million, two million dollars, but, you know, it's still pretty up there. Hey, but it could. Uh, so in our Halloween spooky month time period of trick or treat. Is this, is this game a, a trick or a treat, John? Like, would you say that you feel like you were tricked into buying this really expensive game? Or do you feel like you've been treated with something truly worth revisiting? I think I've been treated on this one. And... The main reasons being it is an interesting title. You're not going to find a reprint of it. And on top of that, it's expensive as all hell. I mean, specifically, so, you got a huge treat out of this. I, one. I, yeah, exactly. So I got a huge treat in regard to that. Now, this is if, the ultimate king size candy bar at the house, except it's not just like one candy bar. It's like the last it's the last house of the night. And somehow like. 
their porch light was off all night and nobody went up there and they've just got a whole bowl full of king size candy bars and you were just like these are all mine yeah it was pretty much how it worked out i wish i bought more copies of this game uh but yeah so i would say it's a treat from those perspectives but you know also if you are looking to buy this game at 795 or a thousand bucks whatever it may be and you're thinking wow this is super cool i'm gonna go ahead and play this and it's totally gonna be worth 800 dollars. you're in for a trick that's for sure all right next game that we got here is going to be uh obscure and this yeah one yeah by... i know but like what what's the name of the game i hate you so much he did this <laughs> shit to me yesterday too while we were playing He's just like, oh, well, uh, hey, what's the name of the game? Like, Obscure. Yeah, yeah, I know it's Obscure, but what's the name of the game? I hate you. Uh, Okay, so uh, Hydra Vision Entertainment, Hail Hydra. Uh, It was published by Dreamcatch Interactive, released in April of 2005, and it is, of course, a survival horror with a reception around a six. Um, This This one is weird. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so you're in a high school it's got like like you said earlier like this campy vibe going this for is it. so campy this feels like yeah. a horror movie intro it's got like all the characters with like whoosh, swooshing like and telling you what their name is while they're like playing basketball in the gym and the girls are watching them and yeah it will it opens up in, in that regard and then also you've got like the main character you start with i forget his name off the back because we didn't play that long um but uh, stan Stan, okay. Stan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you had Mr. Garrison, Stan, and... uh, No, Kenny was the main character. Kenny, and then you had Stan as well. Yeah, I was like, this is very South Park. Yeah, and then there's a Mr. Garrison, so clearly it's South Park. I was looking for Mr. Slave, but it didn't come out. Um, We didn't make it that far. No, we didn't make it that far. When you find Paris Hilton uh, (laughs) and Lemmy Winks. So, to kind of spoiler alert in a sense, I guess, on this game... Uh, you start out with the main character at that point and you go into like a bathroom, your stuff disappears and you start following in the middle of the night from a gym, somebody that's taking your shit. And then somehow, uh, you end up going into like this, uh, really, I guess a basement for the school, which, Hey, let's totally go into a basement for a school. Cause that's smart. And you find a gun, surprise, surprise, a gun on an right. American campus. And so you pick up the gun and some duct tape and a light and you make your way down. Uh, where you find this other kid uh, who is stuck there. And, and that's when multiplayer begins. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool. So there is a multiplayer component where uh, each person can pick up one of the five potential characters in the game uh, to make their way through. Of course, the cool thing about this that I was reading in the wiki is that players can die as you're completing the game and you just have to keep moving forward with another player. So yeah, I, I like uh, games like that. There's, um, a game sweet home i think it's like an old nes rpg where you're like in a haunted house and you've got like a crew and they each have like their own inventory and like their special items and if you lose a character i think you just like lose them and yeah have a harder time trying to finish the game and less inventory and stuff yeah i mean i thought the two player was actually pretty cool i'm not a big fan of the fact that like one character can completely go off the screen and mm-hmm. then you just have that little blue arrow and yeah. have no idea what the other person's doing um so that was kind of interesting but i think for all the two-player dynamic was pretty cool yeah so, it's great to see co-op especially that kind of it's got that same kind of co-op feeling and kind of switching characters like you would see in like a lego game 
mm-hmm. where it's like it's really feels like okay you know like i'm just gonna switch between these characters and it doesn't really have a lot of impact apparently they do have like individual skills that do things but it's um you don't have to like really open like menus and stuff or boot it up in a certain way you just start playing the game and then if you want you hit start and you go well like there's one character that we were reading about i think it was josh if i'm correct and he actually calls out like hey i think there's something going on yeah. in here that we need to finish or he'll be like oh there's nothing else here so that particular character's like innate ability oh stan allows- is a thief and computer hacker Ah, okay. He so can easily pick locks and break into rooms. There you go. Whereas Josh, he kind of gives you this idea on things that are needing to happen to be able to progress in a game, uh, such as if you forgot something in a particular room, he lets you know, hey, I think we have to do something versus if you're in a room, he'll give you a clue of, I think we found everything we needed to here. And you know, okay, there's nothing in this room that I need. And so you stop searching. I really like that for this game, especially yeah. in a horror game with like puzzle based elements or areas where you have to discover certain items to link up to other areas. Like uh, we had the screwdriver we had to find to be able to get into the air vent uh, to be able to move into the next section. And it, it was just nice having that character on hand and be like, no, no, no. Like, there's something else in here. And then we knew, okay, we got to keep looking around. Well, and like when I was playing resident evil eight, they have a system where there's any treasure or items or anything left behind in the map. That section will stay red. Once you found everything, it switches to blue. Nice. But that means that every time in a, in a room and every time I click the map after mm-hmm. every item I pick up, I'm opening the map like five times that I'm in a room because I'm like, was that the last thing? Oh, no. Oh, was that the last thing? Oh, no. It's nice to not have to do that in the game to just be like, hey, you got it. Well, you know, what's really cool is like God of War. One of the things they do in that game, like they're not going to give you all the things that you miss. But say you kill like 10 different enemies and they drop like four or five items in the God of War game. What I found to be pretty cool is that after it's all said and done, you have like spoils of war, things mm-hmm. that you missed that you could have picked up from an enemy, but you didn't. And they throw them in your inventory automatically. Not saying I want the easy button on my horror games and whatnot, but uh, I think it's a pretty cool element. Uh, but dude, I think overall, like this game had some pretty cool graphics to it. It wasn't bad. I did think it was a little clunky in terms of the, the controller in that third person setting, more so than other games that, than you have I have played, uh, such as um, Cold Fear. I felt had better controls. Uh, with the third party uh, or third, you know, the third party view of um, person. third person. Yeah. God, I keep thinking third party from uh, sales. Um, yeah. So I, I think overall that that was pretty nice and or not nice at all. Sorry. And um, God, what else did I like about this one? It had very little jump scares and a little bit that we played, but just enough to kind of get us a little antsy in that first section with the few monsters that kind of come out and you've got the, the black ichor that's surrounding you. You got to kill it off at the light. Um, I thought that that was pretty cool. That little bit. I think that this is a pretty solid one for like sitting around and playing with other people like on Halloween or like to get into like the spirit, just cause it does have that really kind of kitschy kind of, produced in the early 2000s movie kind of vibe to it which i kind of dig i mean obviously it's way too expensive for that this uh did get a sequel 
and uh like a bundle re-release um on steam as well so this is a much more available to play game being that it's not a ps2 exclusive i mean yeah. once we get this one down to break it into brass tacks we're looking at complete inbox 266.15 right now that peaked at 299.42 back in september 2020 uh, it's kind of trending down right now a loose copy will still run you 126.63 uh, that peaked at 132.50 back in July 21, and that's holding right now. Uh, that PS2 complete inbox is the most expensive version, but you can pick this up PAL Xbox loose for 11.55. So you're not locked out of this one. You've definitely got some buying options in there. Well, you got to uh, pick up a PAL Xbox, but well, I mean, there's. I'm just telling you what the lowest price is, John. You know how we do. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but a like you could Xbox? pick up a US Xbox version for 85 or loose for 62. So, I mean, you can kind of run the gamut. Well, and if you could also probably pick up a PAL Xbox and have access to all those Xbox games on PAL. I mean, there's so many expensive games that if you buy another region, I mean, investing in another region console to be able to collect physical games that you can still play does work i mean you could yeah. totally do that yeah i agree um so i would say and save terms, a ton of money yeah exactly i would say in terms of the overall uh rating here of inflate or deflate it's definitely inflated at that price point the xbox version though i mean given the obscurity pun intended of this game <laughs> 85 or so wouldn't be too bad of a deal and of course an xbox loose copy um you know pal region if you have a pal region xbox totally worth picking up. i mean if you really want to play it just pick it up on steam honestly that too so yeah you've got your option so ps2 wise inflated but in terms of trick or treat after playing this was this a trick that i tricked you into playing this or was this a treat in your overall experience. So I did have a decent enough time while we were playing this one. And I could see this being a fairly light game to kind of go through. Um, I definitely feel like this one is a trick, though, because you, like I said, you could buy this on Steam and not pay very much at all and probably have a better overall experience. I would say if they've gone in and, and done any cleanup or made any you know, touch-ups or anything. It would be way better than buying this original version. I agree. All right, man. So our next game that we have here is Haunting Ground on the PlayStation 2 as well. Uh, this was developed by Capcom, published by Capcom, uh, designed by Yukio Oh, Ando. wait, hold on. I forgot. The Steam uh, version doesn't have the Sum 41 music, so... Oh, it's yeah, obviously the inferior version, obviously. Yeah. If you're a big Sum 41 fan, you're not. You were like right away. You were like, I dig this music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I used to listen to some Sum 41 back in the day. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Sum 41. Yeah. Still pretty cool. OK, so uh, Yukio Ando was a designer of Haunting Ground. It was released in May of 2005. And oh, again, it is a survival horror. This one being the highest rated at six out of seven. Uh, on um no six two seven six two seven wow i am like off tonight dude who rates things out of seven although there is that one that does like out of 40 or something yeah i know we've had some weird ones come on now cut me some slack um 
but I think out of all the ones we played, this might have been my favorite. Yeah, so this one was definitely felt the most control developed. Like yeah. the had the most polish on it, was definitely the best looking, had the best animation. Like all the movement was really fluid and nice. It definitely didn't have that. It was less like like you know how everything's super blocky in some PS2 games? This had less of that blockiness than the first two did. Yeah, I think this one, if you upscaled it, would look really nice uh on a on a current TV or I guess an older TV. Um I would totally look into upscaling this game. Hundred percent. I mean, we played it on an HD TV, and it still didn't look too bad. But if you had this on like one of those nice tube TVs, like a pretty nice thirty-two inch tube TV, I think we'd be in some business. Like this looked good. Uh, uh, this is uh, kind of a spiritual successor to the Clock Tower series, a very popular old horror series. I've never played any of those. Um, from what I know, I think they're fairly well received. I think I've seen some playthrough of one of them before. Well, I have clock tower three on PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, but clock tower one is super expensive on PS one. And I don't remember which one clock tower two is on what console. Um, but this game in particular, what was pretty cool when I was reading into this one and well, not cool, I guess more so, I guess 2005 sexist in a sense. Uh, so the developer thought that, a female protagonist was not going to be compelling enough for retailers and general video game audiences. So they incorporated the dog. Had they uh, met Laura Croft? She, uh, right. So that's where I'm like, that makes zero sense to me as to like why you would not find this female protagonist to be compelling enough and why they had to put in Huey, the white German shepherd in the game. Like he was never in the original plans from what I understand, which is and, weird because it's so like core to the gameplay. Yeah. So it's interesting that they threw him in there. Um, I thought that she was in the little bit that we played. I thought she was compelling on her own. I didn't feel that we needed a dog in there. I felt that the aspect of, you know, running away from various enemies and such and hiding and having the all clear meter and, you know, trying to figure out your puzzles and such. I thought that that was pretty compelling on its own. I didn't need any other elements to be plugged into that. I, I like the aspect of, and it kind of reminds me of, um, what's that game? Uh, I keep thinking obscure, but it's the one where you go into the insane asylum as like a photographer, videographer, and you're, oh, you're a journalist. Um, and there's like three of them. I, I don't yeah. know, man. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Everybody yeah, else yeah, knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, but it's all, you know, puzzle elements and trying to escape your way and hide and all this other stuff. Um, but that being said, I felt that this game had a lot of those elements uh, for a very early on title, obviously. And I would have liked to, you know, continue playing this one. I think we obviously ran out on time and, and had to move into our recording, but I felt it was pretty good in the little bit of time that we had. Are you looking up that game Outlast? Title right now? Outlast. Yeah. See, I knew it was an O. Yeah. So it's just like Outlast. That's how it feels. I mean, uh, this one looked really good i think that i mean we didn't get to the dog part but it sounds like the dog part is cool um i really like the design we just yawned at the same time on the recording oh my god sorry about the dead silence but um yeah i think this one was neat i would definitely check this one out more um 
I think honor obscure. Yeah, definitely. This was my favorite of all the ones that we played. This one I would say is a real treat. Yeah, um, I would agree on that. I think it's still inflated. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So three seventy two oh eight for the complete in box. And uh, that's actually down from its peak in September of last year at three ninety seven forty five. And it's still trending down. And a loose copy is running at 251.46. That peaked at 269.75. You don't have a date here, but I'm going to guess. In August 21. Oh, really? August of 21, it peaked at that price. Uh, and that's also trending down. So, of course, it's inflated. I think we both agree uh, this is definitely a treat. Um, in comparison to the other one, for sure, I think this is a superior horror game out of all three. I think that if this one dips down again, um, the price I mean, right now it's kind of going up, but it's kind of peaked and valleyed a few times. If this one drops down again uh, into, I don't know, maybe like that, like maybe down to like 300, would you say that it would be worth picking up because it's probably going to turn back around and go back up from there? Um, Like what would be the floor price that you would buy this or the, the, not the floor price, the ceiling price that you think like somebody who really wanted to get this one. Like if I was going to get any of these as a collector, I would say that this one looks like the one that would have the most promise and kind of the best buy in. I don't think obscure is really going to go places, but this one I could definitely see reaching greater and greater heights as it goes on. Was this released on anything else? I don't recall seeing that. I don't know if you've got the wiki up on your end. I think it was just PS2 with a, I know they re-released it on like PlayStation three and the digital store. No, just PS2. Ago. Yeah. So, I mean, Kuan and this one in particular, I mean, if you look at something like Kuan, look at something like rule of Rose, uh, this is actually getting close to rule of Rose in terms of overall price. You know, if you're looking at it from a price standpoint, I think now would be the time to pick it up. Honestly, if you were thinking about buying this, like why wait, if you can, pr- if you can pick it up right now, just do it. I mean, it, especially if you're in that collector mode and and you really want to get like every horror game or this is a game that you've been dying to play. It's not $700. It's still kind of in that, you know, if you can afford it at 372, might as well. I mean, you're going to regret it if this one goes up another hundred bucks in the next several years, you know, but that would be truly terrifying. That would be, Uh, but you know what? We're at a point in time with these games where everything is so inflated right now. You think it's all going to come down anyways. I think it's all going to come down slightly. It might level back out to a uh, decent price points, but I don't think that these things will ever get back down to like their $120, $150 range that they were a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to stay at a, at a decently high level. I would think maybe this does go down to 350 or so, but are you really going to, you know, care about an extra $20 a year from now, if it goes down to 350, probably not. So I'd say pick it up now. If you have the opportunity for a nice clean copy. Okay. Yeah, but it's still inflated for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, if you were going to I mean, you obviously already have the pleasure of having all of these. If there was one that you had or if you didn't have any of these, which one would you be most inclined to go after? I would say this one. But I mean, in no way am I spending, you know, close to eight hundred dollars in a game. And in no way am I spending close to four hundred. Although I did do that for a brand new copy of devil's third but that's a little different because that's it like a genuinely rare game on the Mm -hmm. console and sealed so it 
that was one that I was willing to splurge on. But this, I mean, a used copy of 372. Uh, yeah, I think that's if I had $400 or really if I had the option to buy any of these and was told you have to buy one and you have the ability to pay 800 for Kuan or 200 something for obscure 375 for this one, I would pick up this one for sure. That's right. That's where I stand on it, Ryan. All right. Well, uh, that is our three scary games with scary price tags uh, for our first podcast episode of Spooky Month. Uh, we'll have to figure out what we're going to play next. But um, what are you know, your favorite spooky games? Give us some chilling ideas. I was also going to say <laughs> we could play scary in terms of horrible games. So instead God. of picking up like just specifically spooky games, the worst rated game in my collection. Horrible like, games. Horrible games. Yes. I okay. think that might be a good one. Yeah. Okay. I think we should do that next week. I'll, I'll look them up. Well, let's find right. like, let's find the worst, like at least somewhat involved in horror though. Like, as, okay. As close as we can get to horror, but. I mean, if we're talking Blue's Clues versus like a semi-horror bad title, I mean, it's Blue's Clues all the way, dude. Blue's Clues isn't spooky, though. It's spooky month. Blue's we, could play, we could play terribly cheap games any month. True, but are they that horrible in ratings? Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we all can right. find. We'll, we'll look at the collection. And, I know. Um, I'm like trying to stare in the background. And it's just all books. There's no yeah, games back there yeah, for me to try to be like, games. what should we play? That's the part that I miss the most is like, oh, God, what are we going to play? And then trying to stare at the wall and come up with something at the last minute. Yeah, now we got to go up to the loft. It's insane. So many games. All right. Well, we will come back to you guys next week with a title. We have no clue what that title is going to be yet. Uh, and yeah, when you hear this episode, it's going to be a week after that. So, Ryan, we've had like no two weeks is when we'll have our title decided. So I think we're, uh, we're in a good spot. We've got time to think. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it all figured out. Okay. Well, uh, this has been episode 151 of the Game of Flaters podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.